The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Hello and welcome to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster and I'm here today with my guest, Laura Fisher. Hello, Laura. Hi, Tara. Thanks for having me. No problem. I'm so excited to have you. And for everyone that doesn't know Laura Fisher, Laura is the executive director of Just Roots in Greenfield. Yes, that's that's true, Tara. Um, I've been on board with Just Roots for about six months now, um, and it's been a it's been a fun ride so far. Oh, six months! It's like that's like such an early onboarding ramp, yeah. as yeah. my friend Kelsey Flynn likes to say. That would be like a plywood ramp, yes, right to the highway. <laughs> um, it probably feels like a lot longer than six months some days, and a lot shorter yeah. than other days. Yeah, it's it simultaneously feels like it's been. A long time and five seconds. So And so for people who don't know what the heck Just Roots is, what is Just Roots? Just Roots is a nonprofit based in Greenfield. Uh, the hub and sort of centerpiece of our work is our community farm. Uh, we rent 61 acres from the city of Greenfield. We uh, cultivate on about eight of them and we run a wonderful local CSA uh, and we try to make all of our programming and produce and uh, everything we're doing available to everyone in Franklin County, regardless of their income level. Which I know a lot of other CSAs try to do, but Mm -hmm. I feel like every time I've interacted with Just Roots, I'm always really impressed with the numbers that you're able to give either subsidized CSAs or low income CSAs. You know, what is your percentage of that? Is it higher than others? Normal? I mean, yeah. So because we are a nonprofit, um, our mission does involve uh, giving our neighbors access to local healthy food. And so this past summer, we had CSA membership CSA membership of about 250, and a solid third of those were folks using SNAP and HIP to pay for their shares. We also use a sliding scale approach, uh, so it's really a pay-what-you-can model, and we fill in the gaps with funding from a variety of sources, um, as well as donations from other CSA members. Um, This year, we will have, again, uh, that 250 local CSA shares. We're also adding another 100 to that local cohort through funding from uh, Mass Department of Agricultural Resources. And so we will have about 350 local CSA shares, um, and that's not including the other program, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But yeah, we're feeding that's a lot amazing. of folks. Yeah. Three, I mean, to increase almost half, almost double yeah. of what you're doing, how does that work on eight acres? Yeah, um, so <laughs> I want to take a second to just give a shout out to Meryl Latronica, who's the director of farm operations. Yay, Meryl, Meryl we love you. We miss you. We Yay. wish you could be yes, here with I us. I know. I wish you were here, Meryl. I was so looking forward to like high-fiving and squeezing and stuff. Yeah, so Meryl does an awesome job job of running a totally awesome team of seasonal and uh, full-time staff. Um, Like I said, we're farming on eight acres, but we're also doing a lot of buying in and aggregation from other local farmers. Uh, So not only are we growing and producing our food, we are providing markets to other um, local farmers. And we do have 
some buying guidelines that help guide us in making sure that we're supporting um, certain types of farmers, new farmers, people who are looking for land. Um, and so we're not only providing our own produce, but we're buying in uh, protein and other produce from a wide range of other local farms. And by protein, you mean animal products? Animal protein as well as vegetarian protein. Uh, so for instance, we work with Reed Farm um, for chicken. We buy in beef um, and we have um, lots of beans and things like that for vegetarian protein. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. I haven't heard of a lot of CSAs that incorporate both the vegetables and the proteins into their, is it weekly pickups? Is it monthly? Yeah. So first, it, it depends on the program. Um, for our local CSA, um, we sometimes offer um, that at our uh, distribution. You can add on protein. Um, and for some of these other programs that I mentioned, including that additional 100 CSA share subsidized by the state, that does include um, a routine protein component um, with delivery. That's amazing. Yeah. And so are you delivering all around the region or is it just specifically to Franklin County residences? So we're doing a bit more than just Franklin County. Um, my goal is to make sure that we're reaching as many people in Franklin County as possible. Um, we are doing delivery up and down 91 as well, all the way from you know, basically the Vermont border down through Springfield. Um, and that's part of one of our healthcare partnerships uh, through which we're, we're doing that. Uh, we're also contracting with another farm along Route 2, and we do distribution um, and services along Route 2 as well. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we're <laughs> doing a, a lot. That's a real lot. Yep. So do you have a van that distributes? Or oh, is Tara, it... we have two vans. Oh, nice. Two vans. We have a fleet of vans. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when you have more than one. Yes. It's, it's yeah, two, we're... but instead of saying two, it's a fleet. It's a fleet. Yeah. We have we have crossed over into fleet status. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, we have a couple of transit vans um, and World Farmers, which is the farm that we partner with out in uh Eastern Central Mass, uh, they have their own uh, vehicles as well. That's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, as you know, I came to take a tour with a couple of my Greenfield Savings Bank team members, mm -hmm. and I was really impressed at the layout of the farm, at the barn, at the production of the scale that you all do at Just Roots. Um, but what I was most impressed with was the partnership that you have with um, the hospital organization. So can you tell a little bit about that? Because I thought that was just yeah. incredible. So this is... Um, um, I'll, I'll back up a little bit and say that this partnership that you're talking about um, is something that we call our Farm to Family program. And the way it works is that um, CMS, which is a federal agency, uh, they allow different Medicaid, uh, states with Medicaid practices to basically launch pilot programs through a, a federal waiver. So the funding looks like this. It comes from CMS to Mass Health to what we call accountable care organizations. And then from there, uh, it gets this funding comes to us in the in the form of flex services payments. Essentially, what we're doing is we're contracting with accountable care organizations. So, for instance, Boston Children's Hospital ACO, Mass General Brigham ACO, and these are groups of hospitals and uh, practitioners who are basically providing accountable care to patients on uh, Medicaid programs. So 
what we're doing is we're providing a nutrition intervention in the pediatric sphere. Um, we are essentially getting referrals from pediatric primary care doctors. Those uh, families, those individuals are onboarded with us. Um, we deliver them at home uh, about $500 worth of kitchen equipment, knives, blender, things like that. Um, and then they're enrolled in our CSA program and we deliver once a week during the peak season. Um, and we provide wraparound services, including bilingual um, kitchen support, uh, recipes, and online kitchen kitchen cooking classes. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, I had no idea. Like, my mind was blown when you first told me about this program. Like, I was like, wait, wait, you're partnering with who and where yeah. and how is this possible and wraparound services. And yeah. I mean, incredible. It's it's It feels really wonderful. It is uh, somewhat in a pilot phase. This is, like I said, this is a, a waiver. This is a demonstration program. So we're, it's really great to see federal money ending up supporting local farmers, supporting um, all of these local folks who otherwise might not have access to this uh, kind of nutrition. Um, and so I'm excited to see where it goes. And I, I do have to take one second and thank the former executive director, Jessica O'Neill, and our current deputy director, Rochelle Bellin, for developing this concept and getting these large institutions on board and excited about providing kids with fresh local produce. Yeah, I mean, just how the partnership works mm -hmm. and how it really impacts not only um, the the hospital care, the uh, doctor care, but then also starts trickling down yeah. to a CSA, Just Roots in Greenfield, being able to provide yeah. the nutritious food that really is essential to yeah. someone having wellness and health. Yeah, so... I think um, what's really interesting about it is that we are doing work in a space that is aiming to change societal behaviors around food. And we're looking to provide families and individuals with the resources and know-how to utilize uh, fresh local food. Um, and it's wonderful to see healthcare dollars being spent here. I think so. And I think, you know, the more people that really realize that food is kind of the crux, it's it's one of the things that are really the pillar of health, yeah. you know, to think about what you have and what you know, and it being like a systemic knowledge or, or not knowledge from how you grow up and where you come from. It's super important. Um, but Laura Fisher from Just Roots, we need to take a break. Um, we're at our first break. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and we will be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today is Laura Fisher, who is the executive director of Just Roots in Greenfield. We were just hearing all about how Just Roots uh, really is just rooted in Franklin County and also all across the state. I mean, you know, when I first toured Just Roots, I was like, oh, this place is so great. Look at all this land. It's really beautiful. But then I heard of all of the ways that you really branch out deeply yeah. um, into the soil of Franklin County to take care of people, not just on the farm, but through programs like the one we were just talking about. Um, 
where you're delivering food and kitchen supplies to people. I mean, what is that like? So that came about as a result of staff uh, examining uh, what the barriers were for people who couldn't participate in our CSA. And for some people, that's ability to get to the farm to pick up your CSA distribution. For some people, that's not having you know, the funds to pay for it. So we have our sliding scale and the option to pay with snap and hip. Um, for some people, they, they don't have the experience in the kitchen. They don't have the necessarily the know-how or the experience. And so... Or even like, what is a CSA? Yeah. Like, yep. I was just thinking about that as you're yeah. talking. I'm like, I'm sure there's plenty of people that are like, uh, what is what this? Is what this? are we even like, talking What are we about? even... Yeah, like, yeah, this so is let's crazy. let's back up. A CSA is um, essentially a membership system where you pay either upfront or over the course of the summer for um, weekly or monthly or whatever schedule the farm offers, distribution of produce grown on and aggregated by that farm. And uh, this sort of predictable market and predictable funding really helps farms um, have sort of the upfront investment um, from the community uh, to grow all the food. So. So yeah, we offer membership to, as I said, 250 in Franklin County, adding 100 this soon year. To be, I was going to say, soon, soon to, be to be 350. 350. Yeah, so uh, we're gearing up for that. And and part of gearing up for that is making significant upgrades to our infrastructure. I know, you know when you visited, you saw our barn, and we are just busily adding new coolers and uh, doing work in there to improve our infrastructure and streamline our ability to deliver all this food. And so how many people work at Just Roots? Because it seems like you need a lot of people to do all that you do. So we have about, I'd say, 12. uh, We're in the process of doing some hiring. We have about 12 full-time staff, and then we have a seasonal temporary workforce, uh, local people who um, help out on the farm, um, either part-time or full-time. We get busiest in the summer, as you can imagine. Yeah. And so, you know, let's talk about you for a minute. Have you always been involved with farming? I mean, do you have a farming background? Are you new to this? You know, so what's what's your story? My story is that I spent the first 12 years of my life on a family farm in East Hampton. Um, I was the fourth generation on that farm. Uh, my great grandparents came here from southern Poland and started Sparko Farm in East Hampton. And so I grew up there. And um, when I was 12, the farm was sold off and developed. There wasn't really a succession plan. And so that was very difficult for me as a kid. And through college and after law school and everything, I've, I've always been part of the gardening and farming community. It's always been an interest of mine. And so when the opportunity at Just, Ro- Just Roots arose, uh, I absolutely jumped at it and I'm thrilled to be part of the local food economy. And so where was Sparko Farm? Sparko Farm was on East Street in East Hampton, um, though we also had land down in the meadows. Um, I grew up on Lovefield Street. Um, we had a, a separate farmhouse and barn there. Uh, the farm that I grew up on, or at least the portion of it, was an asparagus farm. So I grew up uh, every spring with my parents picking tons of asparagus and selling it to for instance, Green Street Cafe. So being a Green Street Cafe, uh, 
moment of silence. Yes, and now East Heaven too. <laughs> that whole corner. Like I'm like, where did yeah. everybody go? So, although many graces is moving in to oh, 33 West Street. That's great. They're moving out of Thorns. I just got that email today. Wow. Well, that's that's awesome. To oh hear. my god, I love them. Yeah, so much. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my background. I I grew up on a farm, and I've always been very drawn to land preservation and supporting farmers um, and ensuring that land is cared for. And yeah, so I, I'm happy to have this opportunity to lead this organization uh, through its growth and its next iteration. And so I used to live on East Street um, in the Mountain View condos, and I'm wondering Ooh. if that's where your farm used that to be. That was right next door. Yeah. So uh, the Sparco farm was developed into what is now the Neary School. Okay, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I watched so. I watched a big amount of development as, you know, just through my early teens and um, I've watched my city change. So to me it's important to save land and to preserve important historic farmland. And are you on a farm now? Or are you living on a farm in East I Hampton? Because <laughs> I have so much free time to be farming. Um, well, because yeah. when it's in your blood. Yeah, it's you in know, my blood. You... So I, my partner and I own Love Field Farm. Uh, it's a 20.5 acre parcel. Uh, we manage a woodlot and we have, I'd say probably this year, it'll be about three quarters of an acre cultivated. Um, and we, we've grown for the farmer's market in East Hampton and we preserve stuff. And uh, we sell to Lovebird Kitchen in East Hampton. So where's Lovebird? It's within Luthiers Co-op. Okay, yep. So if you go there this summer, you can get a pretty awesome tomato salad with tomatoes I grew. Nice. <laughs> it's on my list, Good. and I always forget because um, I feel like Luthiers is a late night thing, and late night things don't really happen with me so much anymore. Yeah. No, I am a. This is Joan Holiday. I'm an expert on like, Lovebird like, Kitchen. Hang on. They Pause. open for drinks at four and oh. they start dinner at five. And if you do not go there and have their tofu curry, you are doing yourself a grave disservice. Their food is amazing. Will you be my date, Joan Holiday? Absolutely. Okay. Plug for Lovebird Kitchen. Joan, Joan and I have like a date history on Cottage Street. We oh, do. Perfect. Yeah, we went to TSV. GA perf- perfumes. Oh, wow. And we did a little like smell. Mine are gone already. Date. I used them all up. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Girl, I'm going to have to give you one of mine. We got some perfumes. When wow. We, were there. we did. Yeah. Cottage Street is hot. If you've never it done is. it, you These should. You should go in. on. Yeah, okay. you got to go in and do like the smell <laughs> test of like the animals and the flowers and the, oh, yeah. So Let's, many great local businesses. Yeah. 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 So exciting. Yeah. So we'll do Lovebird. Next. Awesome. We'll make a date, Joan. That Great. sounds fun to me. And you should come too, Laura. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's on. Yeah. Let's do it. I'll grow the tomatoes. <laughs> Yay. You'll be like, these are mine. Yep. These are mine. It's, I, hey, I've, I felt proud of a lot of things, but eating food that I grew at a restaurant is like next, next level. level. <laughs> <Dead>. Jinx. <laughs> you owe me some chocolate. Give okay. me some chocolate back. <laughs> I just threw chocolate oh, at her. Sorry, Tara. <laughs> um, another question about um, farming. Asparagus. I feel like from going to the Asparagus Festival, you hear some interesting farming asparagus things. Do you have any like weird, nobody knows this about like either cutting the asparagus or how it grows or turning over the fields? Like, is there any yeah, so one, deep knowledge? Yes, deep asparagus knowledge exclusive for Tara Brewster. <laughs> um, asparagus is a perennial. 
it lives a very long time. So the asparagus that was planted on my family farm, like the year I was born, is still there. It's still planted in those fields, even though they're grown over. Um, And it will still produce for like 20 to 30 years. So um, it's a very early spring crop. And what happens when it starts coming up out of the soil is you take a knife and snip it off at the base and it just continually sends up those shoots uh, that you recognize as asparagus. And when the season is over, it ferns out and becomes this lovely sort of ferny bush. Um, And so it's a very short season, very well known uh, crop in Western Mass. It's uh, very, very suited to the Connecticut River Valley and our nice loamy soils um, and yeah so the 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 fun fact about asparagus I guess I'll share is that it's a very long-lived perennial um, before we even closed on our farm in East Hampton we put in I think a hundred crowns of it and so we're on year three uh, with our asparagus crowns and uh, so yeah you can stop by and get some asparagus from me uh, this this spring Tara <laughs> nice I look forward to that I just love that it keeps coming up yep. you know and you just keep chopping it off and and yeah. until it, it stops producing and it becomes a bush yeah um how do you feel about it being called Hadley grass I, I'm a little bit proud of that feelings like, about, I, no, as a good. western mass okay. person like I feel okay with that there's not a lot of like things that Hadley is like known very widely for and so stinky I'll, air. I'll give them that <laughs> it's better than the stinky air yeah my Hadley kids grass. and I are always driving through Hadley and they're like oh my god yeah roll the windows yep cow manure it's like, yeah like Hadley grass is better than the yeah, other than alternative, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll let Hadley have that. Yeah, one. <laughs> okay. I didn't know, you know, because sometimes people are like, "Well, why isn't it called East Hampton grass?" You know, yeah. like I mean, come on. Anyways, we got to break again. Um, you've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster. I'm here today with Laura Fisher from Just Roots. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today is Laura Fisher, who is the executive director of Just Roots in Greenfield, despite her having just roots in East Hampton, <laughs> lots of roots in East Hampton, and sort of being just, I love it, because I'm like picturing East Hampton, East Street, and then um, what's the street that runs that way towards Arcadia? Fort Hill. Fort Hill, thank you, which where the brewery is, and everyone probably knows of Fort Hill Brewery and the bike mm-hmm. path and all that stuff. And then you're right down at the end of that and Arcadia's right there. So you haven't moved very far no. from your roots yeah. in East Hampton, which I love. Must make your ancestors really happy. I hope so. Um, that you're there. Um, but that brings me to my next question because you mentioned this and we sort of went past it very quickly. You know, you said you went to law school. Yeah. So what were you hoping to do with, with that and, and how does that help you with what you're doing now. Yeah. So I went to law school because I wanted to do work like this. Um, I went to law school because I wanted to have tools in my tool belt that I could use to work on land conservation efforts, 
to guide me in running a business um, and to provide me with a network to support me. Um, going to law school taught me a lot about how to minimize risk, um, how to leverage a network and find answers. Um, and I, I went to law school with the intent that I would use those abilities and those skills and that space um, in a very public interest type of way. I, I really honed in on wanting to work on some sort of farmland preservation or food access work. And luckily, Just Roots allows me to do both simultaneously. And it's interesting. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that I went to law school to learn how to leverage my network. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, um, it's it's wonderful now when things come across my my either my email or across my desk, and there's a legal issue um, that I don't know anything about, but I know someone who knows something about, and so becoming a lawyer and becoming part of that community really opened me up to a lot of people who have a lot of skills that they can. Um, assist me with and uh, references that they can provide me and connections. So it's great to have that network in place um, as I navigate uh, this new career. And I feel like, you know, it's something that's so important to to success in life is realizing that you as a human being have a network and you have a community and probably multiple communities that you could potentially draw on for mm-hmm. issues that come up in your life or or problem solving that you need help with. Um, so I think it's great that you're you're drawing from other fields, no pun intended, um, <laughs> so that you can help, you know, um, germinate other things um, in your life that need help. Yeah, um, it feels really good to be doing this work. Um, and I, I think we as a species all see ourselves very individually, um, but we're really stronger as a collective. And for me, one of the best things that's happened over the last six months uh, during my first few months at Just Roots is that my network has really gotten involved and stepped up and offered support and driven me in certain directions and provided um, you know, a lot of avenues for, for me to pursue success. And so I think that's just something that's very important to me is um, leaning on my community and feeling very held by that community. Um, and so I just try to keep it in mind that um, you know, we're, we're stronger together. So I always ask everyone that comes on the show to kind of send me some talking points in advance or things not to talk about or things to talk about. Um, And I love that one of the points that you sent before we were here today together um, was a quote from Ram Dass that says, love, serve, remember. So I'm wondering if you could tell me a little bit about that and why you added that to your your topics that you sent me. Yeah. So there's a lot that I could talk to you about. And I guess... That is one of the mantras associated with Ram Dass, and it really resonates with me, those three words, love, serve, remember. And I think if I could describe my professional life and my my space in the world um, with three words, that would be those three words, love, serve, remember. I'm going to have to think about my three words that mm-hmm. I need to use about myself or my work in the world really special um, because I feel like if you lead with love, right, and if you are in service of other, 
then you will be remembered or you will remember your purpose and your place in mm-hmm. life. Um, I think that's really yeah, special. And for me, it's a bit about my ancestry too, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. As I said to you earlier, your ancestors must be proud because you're right there doing the work, like right down the Picking street. Picking the asparagus. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> hey. <laughs> Doesn't get better than that. Doesn't. Not much. Um, so what have been some challenges for you in your first six months on the job? I mean, it's it's a lot to be the executive director and to hold the space for so much work as a nonprofit in the community and also the work that you're doing across the region. Yeah. You know, for me, um, it's it's been a great learning journey. Um, I'd say the challenges have simply been learning a new a new network, a new a new industry, a new space, a new, new to me space. Um, and so there's a lot of novelty, new faces, new names, new people, new community organizations that I'm meeting and interacting with. Um, and of course, we're a growing nonprofit. So funding is always at the forefront of my mind. Like I said, we have a lot of staff to execute all of our wonderful programming. And I want to be sure that I'm leading the organization in such a way that ensures uh, its vitality and that ensures that these people are, you know, amply compensated for the hard work they do. And I feel like that's always the the problem with so many nonprofits is the funding, right? And like making sure the numbers all balance mm-hmm. out at the end of the year. So how are you getting funding? What does your funding sources right. look like? So uh, as we talked about earlier, these ACO partnerships are a wonderful support uh, for Just Roots. So we we do uh, we have a lot of our revenue coming in through those pilot partnerships. Uh, we also uh, are receiving a variety of federal and state grants and um, grants from small foundations, as well as uh, revenue from our CSA um, and uh, our appearances at the farmer's market in Greenfield, and of course, individual and corporate donations. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm working to grow and diversify all of those streams. And so if people wanted to donate to Just Roots or find out more about Just Roots, how would they do that? You can visit our website at justroots.org. Uh, and if you're very motivated to make a donation, you can head to justroots.org forward slash give. Amazing. And is that also where you're signing up for CSAs for 2023? It is justroots.org. Our summer CSA sign up is live. Uh, if you're interested, head over there to check it out. I should make sure to tell Tom because I think he promised you getting a CSA <laughs> now that I'm remembering. I'm like, we better sign up for that before it sells yeah. out. Hey, yeah. it does sell out. Yeah. We, are, we are in demand. So. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that from, from the last conversation we had. I was like, oh, yeah. All right. Got to do that. Um, so, you know, how do how do corporate sponsorship sponsor? Do you have events? Are you, you know, promoting things happening at the farm? Are there opportunities to volunteer and go in and sort of till some land or pick some crops? Yeah. So we do have uh, coordinated volunteer days. That's all being worked out and scheduled for the year right now. Um, and we have a great volunteer workforce. A lot of people from the community come out and help out in a variety of ways. Um We are currently setting up a spring kickoff festival, Date TBD, um, and we will be seeking corporate sponsorship for that. It'll 
uh, involve a seedling sale with a variety of vegetable, flower, and medicinal herbs, um, pollinator plants, activities, um, family stuff, and uh, that'll be likely in late May. So that'll be our kickoff uh, for the, the season this year, and we're working on planning that out now. And so that's different than your cabin fever seed swap, right? Yes. So the cabin fever seed swap uh, will happen on March 19th from 1 to 4 at Just Roots. Um, Our address is 34 Glenbrook Drive in Greenfield, and we will be convening in the barn space to host a seed swap. So feel free to come on by if that's your jam. And... Um, because I've never been to a seed swap. <laughs> what happens at a seed swap? Well, as you might imagine, <laughs> we swap seeds. Um, it's really an opportunity for people who are excited about gardening or farming to come together to share seeds, to share seed stories, um, and to um, be with one another and talk about the coming season. And so, do you trust everyone who's sharing their seeds? Like, is it like anybody can come and just say, I have these seeds from my plot, I'm going to share them with you? Is yeah. It, okay. Yeah. I'll, I mean, seed keepers are pretty fastidious people. Okay. <laughs> and, we, and we do have our own sort of internal bank of seeds that we're going to share. So, nice. yes. <laughs> I love it. I just didn't know. Yeah. So, um, it's time for us to take another break. This is Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business. Show and I'm here with Laura Fisher from Just Roots. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. You're listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm here today with Laura Fisher, who is the executive director of Just Roots in Greenfield. It has been a lovely conversation, but we are not done yet. So 10 more minutes of awesomeness to go. Um, And so I just wanted to talk a little bit about um, the Western Mass pollinators um, and how you're also involved in that piece of this sort of agricultural atmosphere. Yeah. So pollinators are an integral part of uh, any functioning ecosystem, whether that's uh, a stream or uh, farmland or whatever else. Um, we need to have fully functioning ecosystems um, in the face of the climate disaster that's unfolding around us. And so what we've been doing at Just Roots uh, is we have been very intentionally approaching our um, our efforts with regard to pollinators. We specifically do not keep European honeybees, and we do plantings to encourage and support forage and other resources for native pollinators. Uh, as part of this work, we plant large pollinator hedgerows um, throughout our fields, and we use uh, low-impact practices to help uh, support those pollinators as well. We also work with Greening Greenfield, um, which I'm wondering if you've ever heard of. We rent a, a bit of space to them, and they uh, they actually grow shade trees for Greenfield uh, on some of the land at Just Roots, and they're heavily involved in our pollinator initiatives. Um, in helping us think through uh, not just the functionality of what we're planting and where, but how all of that can be part of Just Roots as an educational um, place to learn about pollinators and ecosystems. And so uh, just in 
or Greenfield, tell, t- say that group again? Green and Greenfield. Green and Greenfield. Yeah. So are they the the tree people, like for the city? Yeah. And they come around and plant trees, places I, that need a, to... It's a volunteer group. Yeah. Um, and they, they're very involved with Just Roots. Like I said, they use some space at our farm for a shade tree nursery. And they're just all very excited hmm. about increasing pollinator habitat and it's just a wonderful group of people i'm just wondering because in northampton it's quite a thing with the trees um we have a a big conflaver (laughs) issue or there's always like well you can't do that because of the trees or you know it's just like it's a real thing in northampton so i was just wondering yeah green and greenfield it's a great group um and uh, very, they're very interested and supportive of low-till practices and pollinator efforts. And so by pollinators, you mean honeybees? It's interesting. Birds? Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think po- of all the, the pollinators. Pollinators I, is a huge, yeah. a very wide swath of animals um, and insects. And so honeybees as we know them, European honeybees, they are pollinators, but they're not native pollinators. They've just been kept here a while. Um, they're actually, they're European. Um, and so I I personally have kept bees for a couple of years now, and I've, I've never had luck. I feel like our climate is just experiencing these drastic swings. And for instance, this week I lost both of my beehives um, or last week in the cold snap we had. So when I'm talking about pollinators, yes, I am talking about honeybees, but those are just one kind of pollinator um, and the one that I think people think of most readily. But there are a lot of native bees, butterflies, moths and other insects and birds uh, that contribute to that function in our ecosystem. And so I'm so sorry to hear about your bees. I'm still I'm still a little bit bummed about it, but... And was that your first time keeping No, bees? this was my second time losing bees, and oh. I think I'm hitting pause. Yeah. I just feel like the climate that I'm keeping bees in is not the climate my grandfather was keeping bees in when he kept bees 30 years ago. Uh-huh. And are, are there different types of bees that you can keep? Yeah. So I source my bees from this amazing... Uh, group in Montague called They Keep Bees. And uh, that's two folks and they breed their Russian honeybees. Um, And so that's where I've sourced my bees and they're bred locally um, and bred for vigorous queens that are resilient to these circumstances. And so that is why I chose them. Um, And unfortunately it didn't work out for me this year. So you're going to hit pause for I'm going to hit pause and I'm going to try to support pollinators through um, plantings and advocacy at the municipal and regional level. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard, but it's a, it's, it's all, it's all learning. It's all educational. And so going to that, you know, talking about climate smart agriculture Mm. and sort of the changing climate, I mean, how and talking about your grandfather and 30 years ago. And I mean, it it seems so incredibly difficult to be a farmer, to try to figure out these these seasonalities that you Mm -hmm. absolutely can predict, like in terms of losing your bees. Could you have predicted that the weather would change so drastically and swing so wildly? I mean, how are farmers dealing with things like this? Yeah, Um, 
it's it's been an interesting couple of years. So 2022 was a pretty severe drought for most farms in Western Mass. The previous year, we were inundated with water. Um, so we've, we're also seeing these wide swings in precipitation. Um, and we're at just roots anyway, we're, we're taking it very seriously and we're exploring uh, the concept of no and low till uh, regenerative practices. And we're looking into uh, soil amendments that help with carbon drawdown. For instance, basalt uh, for its silica content helps draw down quite a bit of carbon out of the atmosphere if it's applied onto farm fields and uh, it supports the plants. So there are a variety of initiatives out there to make agriculture more climate smart, both in terms of how it's resilient and how we can how we can draw down carbon. And how are you affording things like that? I mean, because that's not planned for, yeah. correct? I mean... Yep. So we're able to, through various grants, invest in our infrastructure. So for instance, you know, irrigation, right? Um, for summers like last summer, that's going to become critical for us. Um, we also just received um, a grant from the Massachusetts Society for the Promotion of Agriculture uh, to help us explore uh, some no-till uh, areas on our farm to see what we learned from that. And then we will share what we learned from that with the local agricultural community. So there is interest out there in supporting these initiatives, in supporting this type of on-the-ground research um, and investment. And so are you partnering with other farms? Do you have like a weekly call or a Zoom that's monthly where you talk about your issues, your strengths, your successes? Because even though it might be a different product, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're all yeah. dealing with similar changes there, in climate and things. There are a variety of uh, associations and groups that are dealing um, with these issues. So... Um, for instance, there's a lot happening in and around UMass. Um, NOFA, which is, I believe, the Northeast Organic Farmers Association, they're very active in Massachusetts. Um, and so, yeah, I, the farm staff is very engaged on, on those issues, and there's a lot of advocacy happening right now. That's great to hear. Um, I know we're almost out of time, but I wanted to ask you really quickly about your ballet practice. Right, right. The ballet <laughs> practice. <laughs> Another fun thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, just fun fact, I've picked up ballet as an adult. Highly recommend it. My dear friend Haley Pearson, who is um, a healthcare professional, teaches it at Snap Fitness in East Hampton. And I've really enjoyed going every Sunday morning at 1030 to do ballet with her. <laughs> I just love that you're trying something new always yep. and, and going for learner. it. I love it. Well, I'd like to thank um, Greenfield Savings Bank for sponsoring this show. They're my employer. We have 10 branches throughout Franklin and Hampshire County. We have a new president, Tom Macheco, who I love. Um, he's wonderful. He was our former CFO. Thank you, Tom and Greenfield Savings Bank for all your good work and support of the show. And also to George O'Brien and Business West, who give us so much information up and down the entire valley in all four counties of our region. You have great events and we love you so much. GOB, which is what I call George O'Brien. This is Tara Brewster. You've been listening to Western Mass Business Show and my guest today was Laura Fisher from Just Roots. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP.